For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 168, 168 of the All Dolphins podcast on this Wednesday. I don't think you got a good 68. I do. Um, Wednesday, December 20th, 2023, number 68, when we did Richie Incognito the first time around, we're going to do this time Seth McKinney, center from Texas A&M, and this is the interesting- I'll let it slide. It's doable. Phew, I was worried there. Um, interesting thing about him is he was the Dolphins' first selection in 2022. I'm sorry, in 2002, but he, <clears throat> but he wasn't selected until the third round because that was the year the Dolphins gave up their first and second round picks for Ricky Williams. There you go. Very, very good. Um, Seth McKinney played four years for the Dolphins, started the last two. And his older brother, Steve McKinney, also was a longtime NFL offensive lineman, played, I believe, nine or ten years for the Colts and the Houston Texans. I am curious, how many years did he start in the NFL after he left Miami? He started eight games with Cleveland and really four games after that, playing three more seasons for Cleveland and Buffalo. Um he did make it to a seven-year NFL career, and I think anything past five is a success story, especially when it comes to draft picks. However, I can't remember why he left the team. Was it collateral loss? Was it like a new change of regime or or going for money? Well, yeah. I mean, he, he did his four years and then left as a free agent. Uh, had injury issues at times. I mean, he was, was a solid starter, nothing. Nothing more than that. Yeah. No. Actually, he started his last two years in Miami, so he wasn't even a full-time four-year starter. Okay, all right. mundo. Man, I, I just wish they would draft offensive linemen better in this franchise. But you know my obsession with offensive line. So, well, they hit, they hit on Robert Hunt. Mm-hmm. Looking like they hit on, on Austin Jackson. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay. And they, hit and, on Robert, and they hit on Robert Hunt. Okay. Th- thank you. I appreciate it. I think you made my point. Um, I'm not well, saying you got to hit on every single draft pick. Correct. But it would be nice if, you know, the good teams, you know how the good franchises do it? They draft offensive linemen in the second and third day every single year, and they build their line through development and consistency and, and progression. And we've never been in that position. Obviously, having a series of bad coaches have, has impacted that. Having a series of bad offensive line coaches has impacted that. I think we finally got a good offensive line coach in Butch Barry, um, who is the understudy of the best offensive line coach in the NFL, a name I shall not repeat because he brings up a very dark period in Dolphins history. Chris um, Forster. I, I don't like to bring up his name because it brings up old trauma. That was a dark, dark period. It is, but that was also six years ago, and at some point, okay, it's, let's move we gotta on. Let, you saying we got to let it go? Well, it was, it was a very yeah. embarrassing period. I would it argue to you that it was more embarrassing than Bullygate because 
Bullygate was actually, it was a bigger picture, but it was a player who didn't belong in the NFL excusing poor offensive line behavior for bullying and so he can get out of the team and get out of the NFL. As opposed to, this is a guy dealing with escorts, snorting cocaine in a team meeting room and sending out videos. And a very good coach. You make it sound bad, Omar. <laughs> touche. And, hey, hey. Well, and touche, touche to you where, where you didn't want to say his name. Um, but, yeah, he, he's he's a great offensive line coach. He is a uh, phenomenal he, offensive line coach. Yeah, he's up there. Bill Callahan's also a great offensive line coach. I think um, he's ahead of Bill Callahan. I'm sorry? I think he's ahead of Bill Callahan. Potato, potato. Touche. Touche. Okay. Uh, we're not here to talk, rehash the ugly past, ugly episodes in Dolphin history. We're here to talk about very recent history, such as hard knocks, as well as the roster moves the Dolphins made on Tuesday. I guess let's start with the roster moves. Absolutely, because it's not really that worth significant mentioning. Yes. Chris Brooks, your guy. He's back. Yes. Yes. And he can help you on special teams. I don't know if he can help you offensively, but... Hey, maybe he could be a short yardage back. Who knows? He's got he's huge. He's massive. Correct. We don't know because they, they haven't really tried him. And why do we have any reason to think that's going to change? And I know a lot, a lot of the fans like on Twitter are hitting me up, like, here goes, there's our short yardage guy. He wasn't when he was there before. So Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't disagree with you on that one. Um, but the more significant move is that they cut Jason Pierre Paul to make room for Chris Brooks on the 53. As we all know. Alan Poupard does the 53-man mathematics all the time. Um, he, he, I, I do it as well. We identified Tyler Croft, uh, Eli Apple, who actually started the uh, well, starting role in the last game, and Chosen Anderson, Cho, uh, Robbie Chosen, who actually had an elevated role in the last game. So we know those two are safe. Um, I think Jason Pierre-Paul, I think that's a risky move unless you didn't like what you saw in practice or you just didn't think that he was a good fit inside your organization or your locker room. But I do think that there's a good possibility he can come back on the practice squad, if not claimed today by 4 p.m. Uh, well, here's the thing. To me, the fact that he was he played five snaps in his first two appearances uh, and he was a healthy scratch against the Jets on Sunday, uh, that's it's not, not a good sign. And I think, you know what? Well, safe to say the Dolphins are are down on OPP. Thank you. you. Back to that well. Good. Well, we'll be Not down for OPP, down on OPP. We'll be here all week. Uh, okay. You know what? Um, I don't know if I can say that from this standpoint. They clearly know they've got pass rushing issues. Uh, Cameron Good. What uh, pass rushing issues? Depth, 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 depth. depth. Okay. You, will, you will acknowledge that, right? Every single one of your defensive linemen is on the injury report. Uh, uh, pass rushers is on the injury report this week. From Bradley Chubb. Okay, well, okay, and I texted you this. You never answered to me. What's wrong with Chubb? I never. He was on the injury report last week. You can tell me what, what it was because you know. You know. I know. You you keep all the injury reports. Come no, on. I, look it up. No, I do, but I, I didn't print out the one from last week, and I don't recall seeing him on the injury report. Yeah, he was on the injury report with something. I can't remember exactly what it was. A knee... Um, those things, in my opinion, just don't disappear um, in one week. 
Um, it was a short week. He probably, you know, didn't go into the training room. They only practiced one time. Um, he had a phenomenal game last week. Probably the game of his career will probably be named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, I looked it up, Omar, and I'm sorry to do this to you, but no, he was not on the injury report last week. Oh, come on. Jet, uh, not Jets. Jets, not, Jets, not, Jets week. Week. not Jets week, the week before. Okay, that one I'm going to look over here. Keep talking. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jets week, they only practiced once, bro. Nobody was really on the injury report. Uh, Omar? No way. No way. I hate to break it to you because I actually – I may have written this before too. It just, he hasn't been on the injury report the entire season. I keep, really? I keep, I keep looking here. I'm up to – Kansas City. I know there was one week that he showed up on the injury report, but if it's two weeks, okay, then uh, my bad. Um, it's not Kansas City. Uh, I'm up to. I'm going back, and I'm at Carolina now. Okay, Washington is the week, I think. But he wasn't. He wasn't. I've already passed Washington. All right, ignore that then. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle, Emmanuel Ogba, they both have injuries. Yes. Okay. Cameron Good played a significant amount of snaps last week. 22, you said? 20. 20. Is, are you comfortable with Cameron Good playing 20 snaps, or do you need a little bit more polish for the second-best pass rushing unit in the NFL? Well, here's the thing. Melvin Ingram is, is, that, is that depth, not JPP. Uh, How do you know Melvin Ingram is that depth? He's been here one week. He's been on the practice squad. He doesn't really look like he's in football shape. Uh, all due respect to Melvin Ingram, did he ever look at any point last year like he was in football shape? Okay, I didn't see him last year. Touche on your part. So, kind of. If kinda that's the body, that's the body. I my apologies. He's not the body. What is it? The body beautiful or whatever? Whatever. He's no Jonathan, Jonathan Harrison. That's for sure. Okay, I did not know. Hey, if that's how it looks, that's how it looks. Um, okay. Well, I, I'm still not ruling out the possibility of okay. Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, he's a hometown guy. Um, he's pro If they like him and if they saw what they needed. Let's not pretend like they've got like a ton of talent here hanging out on the on the practice squad. Okay? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that move if he hasn't been claimed by another team. We won't know that until Thursday at – Wednesday at 4 p.m. Nobody's if he's claimed. Hmm? Nobody's claiming him. Yeah, I don't think nobody's claiming well, The dude was on the shelf for the entire year. He did, comes with the Dolphins and <laughs> goes like this. No, 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 no. He went to New Orleans first. Practice oh, sorry, squad. sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. Sorry. Apologize. On the practice squad there, plays one game, comes here, did this. You don't know if he did this. I know he played five snaps in three games. Okay. Uh, and, and how how many snaps did Cameron Smith play? And we both know he actually looked good in training camp. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe he rubbed Vic Fangio the wrong way. You never know. You never know it, Vic. Um, maybe, maybe. Right. I don't know. Um, anyway, okay, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Do we need to discuss anything? Well, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard knocks related, but Tyreek. Oh yeah, Tyreek is probably the topic of the week, whether or not he's playing or not. Um, as as we discussed privately. Uh, when I watched Hard Knocks, and I thought, for the record, I thought that was the best episode. The best episode. You agree? It was good. Yep. You, it was uh, a mess. It, yeah, it's up there. 
it's it's cl it's close enough that I'm certainly not going to do my obligatory. Well, no, I don't think so. So yes. Yeah, I mean, the only contender to me is the J is the Jalen Phillips yeah, season-ending okay. injury episode, right. and that really just got good at the end. This was good from the start to the finish. Um, I loved every single aspect of it. In fact, my daughter was watching it and was captivated by it. The school element, oh my goodness, she that's that's what got her. She was hooked. Okay, yeah. from the school element, it tied it all in. Um, the obsession with Tyreek that painted it as an obsession with Tyreek. Tyreek in the training room with the boot, him talking to Tua. Tua uh, Tyreek saying, Man, we got a good team. Tua correcting him, No, we got a great team. I loved it. The, 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 the salt and pepper bromance. Come that was, on, that was, man. that was awesome. That was that, awesome. That, that was so good. The salt and pepper because we know it, but. To paint it and tell friends, um, to letting people know who Zach Sealer is, the nation, that this guy lived in a trailer for two years um, just because he needed to pick his stuff up and go wherever he wherever he was needed. Um, them being at the at his wife's baby shower, it was awesome. Then to paint the comeback, Mike McDaniel calling the 60-yard bomb. Come on, man. Well, okay, the this is gonna go like the, the hater, the party pooper, whatever. Here's the thing: the ball's on the 40 yard line. McDaniel what the knows what the play call is, mm -hmm. and he's just expressing confidence they're gonna nail it. So it, the, the the interaction after the fact was very very cool. And his line to me is the the best because he said it two different ways. He says, "You know, I have a hard time not visualizing this as a one play drive." That was very cool to me. The the best line of the I think the best line of the entire. The entire show was when Sealer gets a sack and and Wilkins is jumping up and down with him. He goes, "That's my friend. That's my friend." Yeah, <laughs> I, thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. Sorry. Um, no, the best moment. I said me, yes for me. Go ahead. Okay, the best moment for me. That's a little overrated. That that that's my friend. That's my friend. They, they said they said a lot of funny stuff. That that's my friend. That's my friend. Eh, eh. Um, little cheesy. Uh, on the field after a sack. I'm sorry, that's I find that hilarious. Go ahead. Yours. <laughs> it was okay. You made me chuckle. Okay. Um, the Mike McDaniel speech, taking accountability mm -hmm. for the performance against the Titans, leading up to the Jets game, showing the film, showing the cutups, um, and Basically, like, okay, now my quarterback's compensating for my poopy ass calls, and you know, you know, Xavier, you know, elite player, you know, trying to make a play, but if he just did his job, you know, th these things wouldn't have th th these plays wouldn't have happened. I was um, I was surprised that it, that that they showed Xavier being called out and singled out like that. Holy moly! Mm-hmm. 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 That wasn't the only one, right? No, no, no. I, I mean, and it's um can we agree that they may that they maybe would not have done that with every, any player on the team? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you mean by that? Explain. Oh, I, I think there are certain players that they would not have made. They would not have been as perhaps as comfortable as pointing out. Because I am going to assume that maybe it wasn't the only player who was singled yeah. out in Mike McDaniel's video it, to his players. So you think that they strategically picked out Xavier as the guy who can handle it? Is that what you're saying? Something, something along those lines. Okay. That's an elevated thought that I have not pondered and, and bounced around in my head. Okay. All right. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can stomach that a little bit. Um, they, they, th he didn't call out Tua. He praised Tua. He did praise Xavier when he said it. I mean, but it, it, I didn't even catch that play on the replay of that game. Like you, you see Xavier clearly trying to go, trying to read a play, anticipate a play. And then have to trail. And, you know, Xavier's a ball hawk. He hasn't gotten many opportunities this year. Maybe you get a little thirsty. Um, so, yeah, except if you accept the game circumstances weren't good because that was at the end of the half. You remember the play that was a completion to DeAndre Hopkins about the midfield, the play on which Deshaun Elliott sustained his concussion, by the way. Um, and given the, the time circum, the game circumstances late in the first half. Tennessee in in two minute mode. That's not the time where you kind of make that gamble. In my very humble, non coach opinion. Okay, all right. Okay, I can stomach all that. Okay, I I, I dig it. I dig it. Um, back to the episode. I thought Mike yeah, McDaniel's speech. Okay, go ahead. No, because I, I finish your thought on the speech. I want I wanted to make a point about the speech. Go ahead, but you, you first. I had been on the fence about Mike McDaniel. Mm -hmm. This is just keep this on this podcast between me and you and, and all the listeners. Okay. Clearly he's established himself as an offensive mastermind. Okay. Clearly he's established himself as a smart guy, Yale graduate. Um, clearly he's established himself as somebody who's relatable. The world knows his failures. I'm glad he brought that up in the speech. Okay. What I did not know and was not certain of, you know, he's this raw, raw guy. He's everybody's buddy. We've seen that with Adam Gase. But can he be a leader of men? And Gase, in my opinion, was a lot of things, but I didn't feel like he was a leader of men. Mm -hmm. And I was on the fence about Mike McDaniel. That speech sold. And now I'm like, oh, wow. This guy's really special. He's got everything. Because I thought leader of men was the one thing that I needed to see and I needed to know. And it's all good when things are going great. 
but how do you respond when adversity hits? Mm -hmm. And I didn't get to see up close that five game losing streak last year and how adversity, how they dealt with adversity. And clearly they didn't deal with it very well because they ain't get out of it. They, they limped to the past. They, the finish line. they weren't good enough. They're better than they were last year because it, it wasn't anything intangible related. They weren't, they weren't good enough. Kept losing though. Because they weren't good enough. It wasn't that it wasn't intangible related. Again, they're a much better team than they were last year. Um, and I'm with you with McDaniel and, and what stood out to me. And it wasn't this, because my through social media accounts from every team, you see a lot of coach post game speeches and all that. So a lot of the stuff is stuff that's said everywhere. Uh, and I understand Dolphin fans are going to go crazy whenever he says something. But and I'll give you another one: the notion of like it, it was good that we lost because it gave us adversity and we have to overcome adversity. That to me is like, no, it's not good you lost. It's never good you lost. Obviously, once you do lose, you want to get something positive out of it. But this idea of like, oh, I'm I'm glad we lost. BS. Sorry. But the part that really stood out to me as massively impressive, and not not every coach does. In fact, it's a rare quality. And then you mentioned this, is I call it some effing horrible plays. Mm. This is all of us. I mean, that was beautiful. That, that was because he did call some effing horrible plays. Correct. But it was like uh and contrast that to the coach in Buffalo and the 13 second thing where it's been reported many times where he was like, not me, not my fault. Well, McDaniel was like, Hey man, he survived that hit. Let him go. All right. He survived. No, that's no. And by all accounts, he's a decent coach. And, but, but that was ugly. Yeah. And, and that as a, as a, an NFL observers, it offended me from where I sit. That's yeah. garbage. I mean, but anyway, so, but McDaniel, I mean, major props for like, this is a team loss. It's not you guys. Lost. We lost. I made some horrible calls. We had some, some bad plays. They made some horrible good. calls too. Right. I, I, I put it on, I put it on coaching when we did the podcast afterwards. I was right. like, mm, this is, this and, is. And that's why, that's how you earn the respect of your, of your players. What I didn't like about the episode is they didn't get into, and I'm realizing this now, this is a common thread. They do not get into injuries. They do not address injuries. Like, how do you not address Liam's injury? How do you not address the new center? Are you surprised by this? I don't I don't know if I like it because it doesn't really tell the whole storyline of, 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 like, you didn't get Mike McDaniel talking about how are we going to start a guy who's been here for three days and participated in one practice. Well, Liam's got to soldier through this thing. And I get it. Not everything can be that storyline that you need, but – you didn't think Liam was a storyline last week? Like, like that's that's the guy who got the first game ball. Oh, I know. But it goes into there's only so much of how the sausage is being made that they're going to show. And and I think I've said this from the beginning. And if somebody, by all means, point out point out if I'm double talking here that I, I that I thought they were going to be pretty tight lipped or tight camera. Yeah. When it comes to injuries. Absolutely. I mean, we haven't even seen we haven't even seen Jerome Baker at all this whole season. Like correct, and, and you don't think you don't think Tyreek's prep and efforts to 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 play in the game during the week was something that would have been of interest to fans? Absolutely, absolutely, but no question about it. But I, mean, I think I this episode taught me injuries are kind of off limits. Yeah. So hey, there are there is HIPAA rules. So, hmm. but I mean they've been in the training room before. We've seen them in the training room. 
Well, injuries, as long as they're not season ending to where there's a conclusion, then there's nothing like there's no uncertainty. Like, for example, as you mentioned earlier, there's a major cloud over Tyreek in terms of his availability for Dallas. There's uh, just no, no offense. And Mike McDaniel pushed back at his press conference on Monday saying, by definition, if you warm up before a game to see if you can play, you're close. Mm, I don't know yeah. if I believe that. Because I, I think that was the first time Tyreek actually tried to to play football. You understand what I'm saying? What we say? I think I think that was the first time Tyreek actually tried to play football was the warm up. So yeah. I don't necessarily know if I agree with Mike McDaniel that if you're warming up, you're close. Because yeah. I think it, it was predetermined that Tyreek. No, it wasn't predetermined, but Tyreek tried, and that's the one thing I did learn about it. You saw Tyreek try. And then they, from the videos that I was seeing while I was doing the WQM pregame show, it was showing Tyreek and it was all good. And some of them were live shots. But what Hard Knocks caught with all of their many cameras is all the grimacing mm-hmm. after the stops, stop yep. and start, stop and start, change direction, the, the grimacing. Yeah, that's a high ankle sprain. I'm, 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 I'm putting on my, my medical, showing off my medical degree here, covering the NFL for 15 and high ankle sprains, two to three weeks. If we're going to be, you know, and, and we know how the coach leans on injuries, which is the conservative route. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and, and whether or not it impacts their ability to beat Dallas. And we shall see Dallas, you know, in this battle of of the pretenders, which you know we discussed on on our um, behind enemy lines episode with with Clarence Hill, um, this is top five offense, two top five offenses, probably top two offenses because I think Dallas is number two in in one of those categories in points scored. Uh, are they six in both offense and defense? The Cowboys, I think they dropped after. Uh, they dropped after that performance. Yeah. Okay. Two top six offenses and defenses yeah. going up against each other head to head. One of them will walk away from Sunday's game at Hard Rock Stadium viewed as a Super Bowl contender. The other will be viewed as a fraud. So let's get it on. I agree. And for Dolphin fans who will get tired of the, of the narrative, again, who cares? Like seriously, the Dolphins are ten and four. It is what it is. There, there's no, there's nothing insulting about saying the Dolphins haven't beaten a team with a winning record because guess what? They haven't beaten a team with a winning record. And ask, yeah, go ahead, finish, finish it no, up. No, I'm good. Let me let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. If the Dolphins host every team in the AFC, who's favored? Who's favored against them? Nobody. So they would be they would be picked by Vegas to win everything. Again, in the playoffs because of the Mahomes experience, I think that might be a pick him. That would maybe one, maybe even favor in this again. This is because Mahomes in the playoffs has done it over and over and over again. Come on, Josh Allen, you know your daddy. Use that term every time, Mike. God, you have to use that term every time. Um, That would be pick him too. We'll, we'll see. We'll see in about two weeks because, you know, it'll be a, a preview um, and, and Baltimore. I mean, on, I'm, and I'm saying 
hosting, not on the road. All right, Baltimore and Miami. I think the because right now the Dolphins are one. Uh, I think it's one or one and a half point favorite at home. Uh, I had seen Pickham as the opening line. How much of that though is because, I mean, and Dallas is also ten and four. Yeah, Dallas is ten and four, but they got no nose tackle on a three four defense. That, yeah, that, well, I mean, but that's you can't pick up positions like that. I mean, that's it, yeah. it doesn't, hasn't stopped them from being ten and four. And yeah. by the way, look look at there, and I understand that they played from a, from ahead quite a bit, but they have two horrendous games in run defense: Arizona and Buffalo. The rest of it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think this notion that well, all of a sudden Dolphins are going to rush for two hundred yards by showing up Sunday. Not sure that's going to be quite yeah, that, not with that. Not with that offensive line, anyway. Um, that different topic for the rest of the week, right? Yeah. Um, do want to plug a couple of things on alldolphins.com. If you have not checked our checked out Poupard's weekly obsession about what needs to happen and who needs to win and all of the computations and all of the tiebreakers and all of, trust me, I used to cheat off him all the time when I worked for other outlets because he thoroughly breaks it down. Okay, so you can find that at alldolphins.com. I've also written a column um, about my five things that need to happen for this Dolphins team to win the number one seed in the AFC in the AFC and win the AFC East. I definitely think it's a possibility. It's if they beat Dallas and then go beat Baltimore. Oh, it's definitely happening unless, you know, your daddy comes and claims you for the weekend. Um and then you need, a, and then you would need a Casey loss. Okay. You know, those damn, those you, you, damn. You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Damn unkillable. Those damn unkillable Chiefs uh, still might wind up being 12 and five despite looking meh the whole season. It's just Chiefs fatigue syndrome. CFS. No man, you can't can't have Chiefs fatigue syndrome. It's one elite quarterback in the NFL, and his name is Patrick Mahomes. He's carrying right. the league on his old back. Okay, like, I, I can still have Chiefs fatigue syndrome. I'm, I'm just like tired of them already. I'm like I got tired of Brady and all that. I, mm-hmm. As great as he was, I don't need to have the Chiefs or the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. You know, he got some rings, brother. He got to give. I, I I'm not, dude. I'm not talking about respecting them. I have nothing but respect for them. I don't need to see the Chiefs or the Patriots in the AFC Championship game for a. Hold on. 11, it would be the 23. It would be the 13th consecutive year if the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game because the Patriots ain't getting there. It would be the 13th straight years of Chiefs or Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Enough already. Uh, by the way, since we mentioned the showdown at Baltimore, we're, we're now like 12 days away from it. We still don't know if the game's going to get flexed. The NFL, per their rules, uh, has a decision to make no later than six days prior, which is Christmas Day. And you hear all sorts of story. There was a tweet being put out that the, the folks in Baltimore and the mayor's office didn't want the game on New Year's Eve because of security concerns. The mayor goes out on Twitter saying, that's absolutely not true. We want all of it on Sunday night. Flex this week, too, while you're at it. Um, so oh. who knows? Then there's a, there are a couple of other games that are good. Is CBS going to want to protect the game? Who knows? It could be one. Right now, it's scheduled for one. Could move. It's the game of the week. Everybody should want it, man. If it's the number one game of the week, well, CBS has first dibs because they can protect a game, and it's a CBS game. 
Then protect that damn thing, CBS. Because I damn sure don't want to be here covering the Dolphins and doing a live podcast on New Year's Eve night. Well, you well you might be because then it would be four twenty-five. That's their national doubleheader game, and then they wouldn't because right now that game is Cincinnati at Kansas City. Um, nobody which, wants Cincinnati Kansas City. It's not as juicy as Dolphins and 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 Ravens now that Joe Burrow's out, even though the, the Bengals are eight and six. So we'll see. Again, it could be as it could be as late as Monday until we actually find out when that game's going to be. And that Buffalo game in Week 18 kind of sort of has a good chance of when being being played at night as well. Winner take all. Winner take all. Um. Anyway, let's. I, I, and I and I in fact would put money on Josh Allen being voted the MVP in the NFL. So, on that note, uh. We will be back later today so we can wrap up and tell you the latest on Tyreek Hill and Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland and Austin Jackson. Robert Hunt. Ro- oh, come on. Robert ain't practicing. Oh, no. Okay, fair enough. It, uh, it, 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 have you seen that bruise? That thing is about the size of a damn grapefruit. Um, so uh, hopefully when his leg starts to turn like a normal color, maybe maybe he'll practice. Um, we will be back later today after practice to wrap that all up. You know where to find us, alldolphins.com, and we shall see you later. Give him the hat tip, Poop. I did, I did, right there. All right, give give him give him the um, Unabomber, too. Let him see the Unabomber. <laughs> Here you go. That's my Unabomber impression. <laughs> Let him do the Unabomber impression. Ah, that's that's the guy I like. That's probably even look better, right? Here you go. <laughs> you got to have to sh- – you need next time get some shades. All righty, <laughs> folks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.